Non-stop talk radio. Streaming 24 hours a day. TalkZone.com Thank you for joining us tonight. Those of you that stayed with us, thanks. Those of you who have just joined us, we have a very interesting guest that we're talking with this evening. She's written a book called The Psychic Life of Abraham Lincoln, and many of us know many things about Abraham Lincoln, but and although the psychic spiritual side of him was known, nobody ever wants to really talk about it. Given that it was his greatest foundation in the struggling life that he had, it's a sad thing that people aren't willing to talk about it more. Nevertheless, uh, we are here to continue with the author, Susan B. Martinez, who was with us last hour. and She was in, in the middle of a story when we ran out of time, so we'll pick up the pieces where we were and continue on. So, Susan, we were talking about... W- Willie's death, Willie's, Abraham Lincoln's son, Willie. Willie's death and... and what was that like? The unusual circumstances that happened around it. Uh, the, um, the day of the funeral, you mean? Yes. Well, well um, all around it, the, the grieving and the condolences, it was just extraordinary, the, the, the crying. Uh, yes, and... There were several opportunities in the book to uh, show what happens when there's mass grieving, what that uh, 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 amount of grief, yes. common, common grief can do in, in the spirit planes. It can really stir things up. And I think that is what happened not only with the race. I call it a wraith storm, a spirit storm that happened in the in the uh, district on the day of uh, Willie's uh, funeral, but also the 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 Lincoln funeral train and the extraordinary stories that are connected to that. Uh, April twenty seventh, when that train passed through Albany, New York. It made the great rounds with the presidential corpse and the tremendous uh, universal grief that was going on in the country at that time. And that stirred things up on the psychic plane and it created a what psychologists call the anniversary reaction. Because every year thereafter, or at least certain years on April 27th, the phantom train passes through again. This is really a famous story in the annals of uh, the paranormal. Uh Um, One of the sightings was by a doctor who was on a late night call, and he was passing through Albany, New York, in fact, it was in 1965. Wow. It was April 27th, 1965, a hundred years to the day yeah. that that uh, funeral train had passed through. And it it came through, and the track men saw it, the doctor saw it. Uh, it's, it's a remarkable story. They, they saw skeleton-type figures of... Uh, Union officers and so forth uh, guarding the coffin. So it was sort of ghost-like, or was it look more physical? Uh, it came. 
soundless, uh, yes. soundlessly, uh, yeah, like a phantom, a phantom train. Isn't that something? I bet if you Google Lincoln Phantom Train and April 27th, you would get some of those stories. Right. <laughs> you, you know, I've seen times where uh, really powerful souls were at odds with each other, like in court cases or that kind of thing. Yeah. And and there would be storms that just gathered out of Norwood, nowhere, lightning, thunder, and just mad and beating down hail and that kind of thing for the time of the court. And then once it cleared, uh, you know, once the court was over and the judge says, we'll see it tomorrow or it's decided, all the clouds and the hail and the lightning just, you know, quickly just left. You can hardly think of uh, a, a situation with more anguish. Uh, more human emotion and anguish involved in, in litigation. Yes. Oh, yeah. And, you know, dear, dear President Lincoln, almost like being the glue to pull the worlds of the North and South together and the differences of beliefs and thinking. And he was guided that keeping the union of this great country was key for the great country and the great country's key for the world. But the country had to come back and be united in their differences. And it took the Civil War to begin to make that happen. Yes. Uh, when the bloodletting began, uh, it, it was torture for him. And it really, getting back to Willie, it really wasn't until after Willie's death that it began to gel in his mind that the war was destined <clears throat> that it could not have been avoided. There were so many uh, peace workers who uh, came to him and begged any form of peace. Uh, he resisted it. He, uh, They were in it, and there was no getting out of it. But it was after Willie's death, and that was the midpoint of the war, or uh, shortly before, that he began to see the destiny uh, that he had so much of a personal jolt of uh, of the spirit world because he he felt Willie Willie was present. That's he, right. He, he he felt he was there. Yeah, he he was pretty constant with his Willie after Willie died, like you know every night kind of thing, right? I'm sorry. Well, he Willie visited him all the time. Um. Well, yes, he felt his presence and could could not resist it. Mary as well. Mary Mary was uh, more the clairvoyant she would see she was clairaudient and clairvoyant yes. she would see her son at her bedside mm -hmm. you're listening to mastering ourselves with keith and Charmaine amber your spiritual lifestyle experts offering a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions we do this monday tuesday wednesday friday and saturday 7 p.m pacific 10 p.m eastern right here on crn thank you for joining us tonight uh, our guest tonight is Susan uh, B. Martinez, who is the author of The Psychic Life of Abraham Lincoln. So in the Civil War, I think Lincoln basically had three principles. And there's more, of course, but this is the, my general idea of, of what he was going for. True and lasting peace, not just a, a cover that, you know, there's just not really peace there. True and lasting peace, freedom for everybody, not just for the elite or the ones that have enslaved the other ones kind of thing and union where all the country works together f for the common good and I find it really interesting that 
both uh, President and General George Washington and Abraham Lincoln joined all kinds of different factions with within the country and within the the government. You know, they joined factions to be in their cabinet that were opposing. And you know, I think that takes just the greatest uh, power and wisdom to do to not just have your own point of view in your cabinet, but to have everybody with you to sort of represent them all and and try to get all of us working together. Right, that's a good point because Lincoln was very critic, very criticized. He took a lot of criticism, and uh, one of them was that uh, how could he have such a fractious Cabinet. There right. were always feuds, particularly between uh, Seward and Chase, which was the Secretary of State and Secretary of Treasury. Yeah. Uh, not n- n- there were so many uh, lines of antagonism going; it was just wild. But uh, he took the criticism and he took it in a stride because his, uh, as you say, as you very cogently point out, the, the Union was uh, almost a mystical uh, goal. That uh, Lincoln held up. He was called the mystical unionist. Yeah. Um, tell us about Uncle Tom's cabin and how did that join with Abraham Lincoln? Well, uh, it came out in 1852. It had started, it, of course, it was written by Harriet Beecher Stowe. Uh, it started as uh, just um, a magazine, um, uh, an article. And it grew, and it grew, and it grew. It came through a form of automatic writing. She she held the pen, but it passed before her mind. Uh, she she was a clairvoyant personality, but she did not advertise that fact. Her father was a very famous uh, theologian, and so was her brother Henry Ward Beecher. Yeah. Uh, so so you're you're saying that Spirit wrote the book? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Automatic writing was uh, very popular in those days. Uh, Harriet Beecher Stowe, she also lost two sons. And with each loss, uh, she she did attend seances. She was part of the spiritualist movement in America and also in Europe and Italy. Uh, um, So that became... Uh, a bestseller. It was one of the first great bestsellers translated into 32 languages. Wow. She was uh, an international figure. It was said that next to Lincoln, she was the most famous American abroad. Isn't uh, that something? Wow. And a, and a woman, too. How cool. Yeah. <laughs> and back in 52, uh, when it came out, Lincoln read it, and he was thrilled with it. It was an, a piece of inspiration for him. And uh, then when he uh, ascended to the White House, he met her. He met her in, I think, 1862. Uh, they became fast friends. Um, he also read her follow-up book to it. She had a, a kind of a book that followed it up and explained that even though it was fiction, it was based on a great deal of research what was going on in the plantation. That's right. Uh, so they had a uh, heart-to-heart uh, relationship, and he was the person, one of the key people to whom he confessed that he would not survive the war. He knew his 
when the war ended, yeah. somehow it, it was all over for him, too. So he told her that, you know, I feel that uh, Abraham Lincoln had a mission, and that was to um, be the glue to pull the Union together, to actually have a realistic peace that went somewhere, and to free all people of America. And I believe by him also dying, it added more of the... Uh, light and virtue of that saint, Abraham Lincoln, to the sealing of the project of bringing United States into a more unified, holier level. And I believe he gave his last measure to do that, and that's why he came to earth that lifetime. Uh, that's, uh, some people have called his death a sacrifice, and I never thought of it that way, but when you put it that way, I have to agree with you that uh, the death so shocking to the country was uh, really did finalize his platform and what he stood for. It would be hard to criticize him after dying. I mean, <laughs> you got all that ragged war and all that blaming, and then it's hard to blame, so that just knocked it off a whole nother level. That's true. I mean, he took a lot of criticism yep. while he was alive. Okay, you're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, offering a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions. We do that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Our guest, Susan Martinez, and we're talking about the psychic life of Abraham Lincoln. We'll be right back with more. Thanks for being with us. We're all looking for ways to become better people. So why not let Charmay and Keith Amber, co-hosts of Mastering Ourselves, help guide your way? Mastering Ourselves offers a clear path through the muddle of life. Charmay and Keith have a new book called Steps to Enlightenment with formulas for personal growth and tools to change unwanted habits. Steps to Enlightenment offers it all. Find out what others have to say about Steps to Enlightenment at www.masteringourselves.com. 